one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. Mattingly, I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. Go home. Oh, no, he's shaking off the sides. Big mistake. Gets on base a lot. Rocco, do I care if it's a walk or a hit? You do not. Oh, it's finally here, the moment Americans still wait for all winter long. The grass is cut, the chalk is down, and the gates are open. That's right, opening day is here. Can you feel it? America's pastime is back. And it started last night with the St. Louis Cardinals shutting out the Cubs. Some things never change in America. And the rest of baseball gets going today with lots of games on the docket. Go Nats. When you watch on TV, though, the game is all about the pitchers and the sluggers and the strategy. But the experience of going to the ballpark, that's really defined by the people who make the magic happen. And all this week, we've got a series about what goes on behind the scenes. And the people who make the American game happen, we're calling it ballpark figures. And today we're talking with A.J. Mass, who reinvigorated one of the most iconic baseball mascots in the game. That's right. He's Mr. Met. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up. In 1994, A.J. Mass placed a giant fuzzy wool baseball on his head and cheered for the team silently, but with wild gestures and dance routines. And from Mr. Met's reintroduction after several mascot-free decades, it became a fan favorite and is still one of the most beloved mascots in all of sports. A.J. Mass wrote a memoir and investigation into the world of mascots. It's called Yes, It's Hot in Here. And he spoke with us about what it was like to reintroduce the iconic Mr. Met to a new generation of fans. You could actually uh, see the uh, the rim of the stadium and the fireworks uh, from my uh, bedroom window, off in the distance, about 15-minute walk. I, I had dreams of being a Major League Baseball player, played Little League. But suddenly, yeah, there I am. I'm standing on the field. First thing I did is I made a beeline for right behind first base, and I stood right where Bill Buckner stood on the infamous play in 86, and I just kind of looked around and said, yeah, this is pretty cool. Now, when you put on the suit, look, this is a form of acting, and like we said, you can't use your words. You don't have any lines. Everything is body language, and all the jokes are physical. Can you describe that process a little bit, what it's like to have your form of acting be completely wordless, the transformation you go through? Yeah, it is a very uh, different situation. You know, in order to express emotion, you kind of have to, like, figure out how to get that across without, you know, you can't make eye, even make eye contact with someone because even that's hidden from you. So that no one can see your facial expression change at all. You really do have to use gentle shifts in your posture. Uh, and you also have to realize that, you know, you are on a field and you're, you're playing to the upper deck as, as well. It's not really just small gestures. Everything's got to be really big uh, when you're on that field because it has to read in the back row and the back row is very, very far away. So it is a, a learning curve that I don't think a lot of uh, organizations realize uh, how much actually does go into uh, having a performer in there instead of just taking, you know, the intern who draws the short straw that day and sticking them in the suit and expecting them to do a good job. Well, I want to ask you from the mascot's perspective, who's the best? First and foremost, you cannot start the conversation without the Philly Fanatic. Uh, the team uh, and organization ha- has been very supportive and, you know, just given this character a chance to grow and, and trusting the performer to really create uh, a personality that, that is so constant. And one of the things that I tried to do when I was Mr. Met was to create a Mets personality, something that would fit in, in, you know, in Flushing. You must have had more than one experience where the fans just don't like what you're up to. I mean, how many beer bottles did you dodge? 
you know, it's 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 weird being a mascot because, you know, you're this character who's always at the stadium. So when the team is doing poorly, the fans can't actually get at the players. Uh, but you're walking through the crowd so they can express it to you. So you do get, you know, hopefully just verbal assaults of, of you know, yeah, yeah, Mr. Matt, the team the team's awful. You stink. But, yeah, if the team is losing, sometimes you get shoved. And certainly when you throw alcohol into the mix, uh, you know, you get the visiting fans perhaps. Uh, yeah, you do get your share of shoving from behind. You need to have a bodyguard uh, with you. The, the, the worst case scenario, of course, is what happened to me on bat day. When the, the organization saw fit to arm the uh, eight-year-olds who were sugared up on cotton candy with actual weapons. Uh, Fungo and, bats, right? The small bats that they use for batting practice. Yeah. Try and convince an eight-year-old who, you know, you're not allowed to talk. Try to convince them that the baseball bat is not used to hit the guy with the giant baseball head. And you're probably going to fail miserably. So, you know, those days were not uh, pleasant ones for sure. Now, it got worse. There is a famous story about you when you were in that costume, AJ Mass. The story is that Bill Clinton, as president, was in the stadium. The Secret Service told you that if you get too close to him, they're going to go for the kill shot. Is that story true? Absolutely. I'm a guy in a costume. Anyone could really have been in the suit, so I understand their concern. I think the goal was to scare me to the point where it wouldn't be an issue. So, yes, do I really think that they were going to take a shot at me? Probably not. I mean, that the there are other ways you could have subdued me, certainly. But, you know, generally speaking, I do think they were serious that they, they wanted to make sure I just left things alone. You, you describe in your book what happened when you tried to take – your job, which was a part-time sort of gig that you got through Nickelodeon, and become part of the team. Now, not part of the ball club, but part of the organization of the Mets. What happened? Well, I mean, you know, they weren't very receptive to making me a full-time employee, and they were, they were happy to have me work 24-7, 365, and, and be out there back and call. But, you know, all I wanted to do is, is just, you know, have a little health insurance. Being a mascot is such a physically demanding job. I mean, my knee's about to blow out. I can't afford it. I, I just, you know, health-wise, I can't, aff- I can't afford to continue to do this. So you, you brought Mr. Met back during the strike year in 1994, a year when a lot of fans learned that baseball is a business, not just America's pastime. It sounds like you learned that lesson as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, there was something I did every game that was just kind of fun where I like I would kick dirt on the uh, on deck circle, uh, the logo of the visiting team and the crowd would go nuts. And even the visiting team got a kick out of it. And it wasn't like hurting anybody. It's, it's I'm kicking dirt on a logo. What's the big deal? And, you know, I did that every game for about three, three and a half years. And then Bobby Valentine took over as manager and he didn't like it. He pulled me aside and said, please don't do that. You know, I'm trying to be professional about this, but my job is to be a professional goofball, like you said. And it's like, <laughs> it's like you got to give me some freedom to have a little fun. That's what this is supposed to be about. Because I mean, the thing that makes mascots special is that they're uh, a part of the history of the team. You know, the players come and go, the manager come, gets fired and, and, and a new manager is hired. But the mascot is always there, and that's the one constant. It's creating this, uh, you know, constancy of the history where, you know, a parent can take their their kid to the game and say, yeah, this is the mascot, and this mascot was here when I was a kid. And I'm not sure uh, if there's really is room on on the Mount Rushmore of of mascots for anyone new to, to jump in. A.J. Mass was Mr. Met from 1994 until 1997 at Shea Stadium in New York. He's the author of Yes, It's Hot in Here, A History of American sports mascots. AJ Mass, thank you. Thanks a lot, Todd. It's been a pleasure. We want your photos of personal ballpark memories from this week or years gone by. It can be your favorite baseball cap, a time you were in the stadium, 
all pictures welcome at our Facebook page or on Twitter at The Takeaway. We'll be posting some of the best to our website, too. Tomorrow, we'll introduce you to Michael Dillon. He changed the game forever. How? By inaugurating the Milwaukee Brewers' sixth-inning live-action sausage race. That's right. Tune in for that tomorrow on The Takeaway. There's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here and maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts.